Hello everyone and welcome to the Two One Show. A show for the 21st century youth, periodical productivity, wellness, and human condition. Can you subscribe and leave us a review in the direction you find your podcast? Also send us a mail at info at the two one show.com. You follow us on any of our social media platforms at the two one show. Thank you. everyone and welcome to the two one show straight forward um, just test how you do it i am fine i mean i guess it's imminent from the news i have he would um be leaving us midway so i, I guess it's a safe place for us to but then um i i i think we can't start without um morning with with our listeners so um a little bit of sad news this morning we lost our ex-president flightless Jerry John Roberts. It's a month for you. Um, so we are going to have a minute silence for Papa G. That's how he was affectionately called Papa G. So, um, this in two seconds or five seconds, what's your best memory of, of the month? Um, Can you speak up? Sure. He, I actually respect his personality and then he's quite straight, loyal. And he's bold. I like that bold aspect. Okay. Yeah. And during his time, people thought a lot of things he did was evil, like evil, you know, in yeah. quotes. Yeah. But you could realize that um, most of the constructions or like his, actually his term of office was a lot of development to Ghana. And then when it was time for him to step down, he actually obeyed the democracy after we introduced it. Yeah. So, um, so, so he embraced democracy. And that's what you like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. and then he's still resting. Yeah, all morning, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can hear you. Just want to make the money feel good. But sorry for our background noise today. I know it has been tough. We have dog, we have dog noise and everything coming in, and then we have um, car noise too. We're sorry for 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 the background noise. We are working on it. So thank you so much for for joining us. My. Quick, maybe I have a famous personality. I'm not the kind of person that says good things about people when they dance. So. <laughs> I don't say good things about people when they die. And I grew up not hearing good stuff about a man. So maybe, um, um, maybe after coming from our choose Rollins, it's not because he's a good person. I don't know whether he's a good person or not. I sort of like his personality, as you said. And also, one thing I like about him was, I, at some point, I, if, if Mickey could join us today, I, I know Mickey will be laughing at, at the things I'm saying right now, but, um, at some point I felt he could just say sorry to a lot of people and it could have added a lot of hatred people had for him. But on the same thing, I also like him because he didn't say the sorry. Well, I feel like if, mm. if you can't stand for what you believe in, then what kind of man are you? So may you so rest in perfect peace. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's maybe a summary of all I can. Than actually see you on the show today. So today we are continuing the what we started last week. Actually, it was supposed to be a, a two-part series, but um, because of time, we didn't want people to stay with us for long. Um, and personally, for my own sanity too, I didn't want to be on the show for that long. So today we are continuing from where we left off. Maybe we what we'll do is that we will do a, a quick 
one or two questions we couldn't answer last week and then we'll zoom into the youth in politics. So today, a summary of what we're going to do on the show today is that we're going to talk about definitely the 2020 elections. Uh, Donald Trump, I don't know whether it's official, but I know he's not winning. We're going to talk about the 2020 elections in, in Ghana and, um, locally, some elections are also going up. Chieftaincy kind of, and then um, our national elections too. We would touch a little bit on that. Then we look at how politics is um, actually dividing us. Uh, we, uh, we look at um, our political political fallouts, and then we would touch on how to get how to get unified, how to get unified, even if we don't um, believe in our own, even if we don't um, believe in a particular thing. How can we still be in unity if we don't belong to a particular partisan? Partisan political party, let me put it in any political party. If we are, if we belong to different political parties and maybe we find ourselves in the same environment, how can we live in unity? These are many other things that we would really um, tackle on the show today. So we have our returning champion, um, Noah. Noah, returning champion from last week. And Noah is going to join us very soon. Hello. Come to the show. Thank you for having me. Sure, sure. Thanks. Thanks so much. I. So um, today, quickly, we want to actually remember our former president. And so what are your memories? Tess and I, we've shared our memories of him. Quick one, we want to know your memories of him. Well, for me, Rollins was, was a great person. Uh-huh. I know, I know um, his personality. And then what he represented strikes a very huge division amongst Ghanaians. So okay. it's, it's evident some people are... Um, should I, I don't want to say celebrating, but some comments from people seem as though they are excited that he's no more. Okay. But then I think Rollins was a great guy. Looking at the time that he became president, the time he took over as president, the reason for which he became president, I'm, I'm not sure Rollins ever thought he was going to be president of Ghana one day. I'm not sure about that. Okay. I think it's because of the whole call for, call by the masses for those in power to do what is right. Okay. I'm sure that's what drove him to become president. So I always tell people that the biggest flaw in Rollins was that he was not prepared to be president. Okay. So actually when he received power, he did not know what to do with power. So that's the reason why the fury from what maybe the elites in the society at that time had done caused him to do certain things that we, we see as regrettable and for which some people hated. But I think as it was rightfully stated by co-host, the most important, um, I say, thing Rollins did for Ghana will be for him paving way for us to move from, um, should I say, a military regime to a constitutional democracy. If you look across Africa, most dictators were not ready to give up their power for them to be voted for to be president. But Rollins, even though he was a military guy, was ruling and his power was almost unchallenged by anybody in the country. He still decided to okay. pave way for us to enjoy democracy. So I think no matter how hurt we are by some of the things he did and some of his utterances, the person Rollins actually is someone that we should celebrate at least for the multi-party democracy that he gave to us as his legacy. Yeah, so that's my that's my view of Rollins. Okay, sure. All right. So um as per what I was given today, we want to actually um gets a minute silence for the man. So uh, they're going to go for a couple of seconds. So let's all have a minute silence for the man. Sure, may you so rest in perfect peace. So, um, Noah, quick one. Today on the show, we want to 
um, look at some of the questions we couldn't finish last. We couldn't answer last week. Last week was so interesting, and we want to say a really big thank you once again for such a wonderful time with you. But then um, sure. the sad thing is that we couldn't answer most of people's questions because some of them um, came late, I should say, and some of them came within the course of the week. And so um, that's what we will do. But then before then, can you give us just um, a summary? Can I, I don't know. I don't know even how I go to summarize it, but um, a summary of what last week we were saying um, politics in itself is not really a bad thing. And so yes. it's, it's also okay for us. It would be even better for us to get ourselves in there. So I'm sure maybe let's touch on that. People who feel like politics is such a bad thing, let's summarize your view on how politics is not that bad, and then maybe you can answer some questions. Okay. So from, from last week, I remember I mentioned the fact that politics is itself anything that affects our lives as individuals. Politics is about all of that. So, so far as we live in a community, decisions have to be taken about whatever we do. So that in itself is politics. Now, so what we must seek to do is that we must take a keen interest in who is making the decision that will affect us and also take an interest in every decision that is going to affect us. And whenever we do that, we are participating in politics. The problem then is our misconception about partisan politics, where most of us feel that when politics become partisan, it becomes unpleasant, and therefore we don't want to participate in it. And I remember I mentioned that we should also understand that politics in itself is about consensus. Now, whenever we have to reach a consensus, it means that there are differing opinions. Okay. Now, if we tell ourselves how we want to develop Ghana or the policies we should put in place to develop Ghana. All of us will have different views, even though we all seek to see a developed Ghana. So that is also something that we should have at the back of our mind. That's when we have different views, which is what creates partisanship. It does not mean that we cannot agree on something. And it does not mean that politics is not pleasant. We should always understand that our different, our different views is actually what makes politics a pleasant thing. And that's the reason why partisanship should not take us away from participating in politics. You can be an NPP person, you can be an NDC person, but still speak to the interests of Ghana. And that's what we as young people should actually be channeling our energy towards. We should have a political party, which we believe in, but we should also know that the interests of Ghana is what should be paramount. So we should embrace partisanship and we should embrace politics. So that's oh. basically what I can say in yeah. summary form. So we should embrace um politics and embrace partisanship. So um, let's move forward to the first question, couldn't. And then this is from Kwame. Kwame says, okay. is it okay to minimize politics in my life with um, news, debates, that feel toxic? Or is my duty as um, a citizen to engage in those debates and set, set the record straight? Okay. So I, I, the, the question, inherent in the question he is asking is about the fact that um, we need to keep ourselves abreast with issues that affect us as a people. Now, anytime someone is arguing politically and it is getting toxic, it is usually because the person who is arguing does not have the facts. Okay. Now, politically, people resort to insults, people insult to ethnocentric comments and the others 
when they do not have anything factual to say on the matter which is which is being discussed. So I would say that as individuals, we should keep ourselves abreast with issues affecting our lives, issues about our rights, issues about what the government is doing, about what the government can do better. We should keep ourselves abreast with those issues. Now, when we are informed about these issues, we will realize that if we are participants in the debate, no matter how toxic the other person's comments may seem, the audience or any person who is listening to us will appreciate what we are actually saying. And the purpose for every debate should be to change the mind of someone who is listening to you. So we should concern ourselves with educating ourselves on these issues, which, which are political, and think through them and come out with relevant ideas that will make us make better decisions or that will make even anyone listening to us know that whatever that has been done could have been done in a better way. When we educate ourselves that way, clearly we will minimize the toxicity in, in the political landscape. So I, I would say that the answer to his question is that we should refrain from toxic politics. But the only way we can refrain from it is when we keep ourselves educated. But if someone is going to engage you on a, on, on, on a political debate, or even if you are listening to a political show, and it is so toxic, I would advise that you shouldn't commit yourself to listen to, to such programs because they corrupt the relevant information that we have actually gathered for ourselves. So that's, oh, okay. that's what I can say about the question. Oh, okay. So, and I think um, my petty answer to the question is, is that, especially on social media today, you realize that people are there for fame. And then, especially if, you know, if I'm on Twitter and I see someone who has like a frog's name and he's posting something and towards the case. I, I, yeah. I feel like yeah. I don't need to engage myself because I don't know that the person doesn't even know who I am. So why would I just jump on the bandwagon yeah. because I want yeah. to set him straight yeah. or something. So I think we just need to yeah. speak to facts and also have the, um, develop the idea to learn from other people. But now I, I also yeah. believe that we shouldn't um, just utterly dismiss the fact that people also have their own opinion. So maybe we should respect yeah. them, but okay. we shouldn't let them be um, a thing for us. I think that's that's my petty yeah. answer to the question. Sure. And then this, this was from, uh, I forgot who the question, but then the question was, it was pretty, pretty straightforward. It says, are these two people from the major political parties the best we have to offer? So I'll say yes, and, I, and I'll, ex I'll explain it this way. First, NPP and DC are not necessarily bad institutions. Okay. They are not. Now, every political party is built on an ideology. Okay. So for me, I, I was lucky to grow up in a family where my dad was a strong NDC person, and I love my dad. Okay. But I grew up with my grandma, and my grandma was a strong NPP person. So I had a benefit of, of listening to their reasons for supporting their political parties. And I also had the opportunity of deciding for myself which political party that I would actually align myself with. And I realized that after a lot of reading about what these political traditions represent, I made my decision based on their ideology. Mm -hmm. So what we should actually look at is, what's the political tradition of the NDC? What is their ideology? What is the political ideology of the NPP? And you see, the funny thing is that when you think about their ideology and you want to make an informed decision based on their ideology, 
you realize that you actually align yourself with one of these political parties. You realize that. Now, when you are done with that, then you come to the personalities. Because even if NDC believes in a particular ideology and NDP believes in a particular ideology, the values of the people they have chosen as their flag bearers will also impact greatly on what the party will do if it wins the election. So I may be an NDC person, but I may not vote for John Ramani Mahama in this election, and I may vote for Ekufuado. I may be an NDP person, but I may not vote for Ekufuado, and I may vote for John Ramani Mahama. So it will be because of the personalities. Now, I remember a lot of friends I had said that, oh, if Alan Chemantin is a flag bearer of NPP, I'll vote for the NPP. And most of those guys were not NDP. They were NDC guys. And I asked them, what is their reason? No, I love Alan Chemant. I like, I like his demeanor. I like how he speaks. So you realize that politics or people's decision to vote is party and personality. Okay. So we as individuals, we must ask ourselves that is NDC or is the NPP reflecting my ideology as a person? And if they are, the people they are choosing to represent them, do they represent my ideology? then make your decision based on that. Then aside that, you should also recognize that politics is actually, one, choosing the best among two or three people. So it's not actually the fact that they are the best people for Ghana, but they are the best amongst the people that we can actually choose, the options available to us. So there could be someone who is better than Mahama and then the Kufuado, but is the person having the opportunity to run for office. So it will always come down to the point that we have to make a choice between Ekufuado and then Mahama. Because even if a third party is good, the chances of that person winning is very, very low. And we discussed that the other time, that within the next 60 to 70 years, I do not see any third political party winning an election. So we are going to still be stuck with John Ramani Mahama and Ekufuado. So you are, you are choosing the best or the better person amongst these two, definitely. So you have to weigh and then make that decision. Because whatever we do is going to be about choosing someone from, from these two political parties. Yeah, so that's that's the answer I can. That's, 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 I think I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I agree with you in principle and theory. And one thing that um, I want to say, I mean, from what you said, one thing my a, a teacher who taught, who taught us in school said, he says in the absence of nothing bad is good, so... I think we are choosing between, as we said last week, the 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 lesser evil. So it's not really, yeah. it really hasn't yeah. hasn't to do with whether they are they are perfect for what we want them to do or not. Okay, so this one this asks asks me into the next question. This one says that. So what are the things that we need to look at? Because now we are looking at last week we spoke about ethnicity. We spoke about people choosing because um, it's like their family, as you said, your 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 dad was an NDC man. And you are choosing because I mean my dad has been voting for NDC since since and so it doesn't matter whether I know they are going to build me a house or I know they are going to construct yeah. a road, I'm gonna vote for them. So what are the best ways in your view? What are the best ways? What are the things to consider when voting? Okay. So one one problem I find with, with Ghana is our educational system. Okay. Now, okay. in the Ghanaian educational system, we are barely taught about our rights as individuals. Okay. So we are we also barely taught about the role of a government in securing my freedoms. Now, okay. if you understand your rights as an individual, then whenever you're going to choose someone to lead you, 
you are going to choose someone that can afford you a conducive atmosphere for you to enjoy your freedom. Now, individually, if you look into yourself, you realize that you prioritize some freedoms over the others. Now, most people prioritize the right to life over all other rights. But for me, I prioritize the right to protest as above every other right. Okay. So I believe that the best government for me is the government that will allow me to protest if I think he's not doing something right. Uh So when I'm choosing my leader, I look for a leader whose track record clearly shows that if he's doing something wrong and I protest, he's not going to assault me. He's not going to put policies in place that will prevent me from speaking out. So what I always say is that look at your individual aspirations and then look at the community that you want to live in. Is the right to education something that you hold so close to your heart? Is the freedom of expression something that you hold so close to your heart? Look at these things you hold so close to your heart and that should inform you as to who you should choose as a leader. Okay. Because you don't want a leader whose policies or whose political demeanor is going to infringe on on these rights that you hold so dear your heart. So the answer I will give to the person who is asking the question is I won't say that look at education. Neither will I say look at healthcare. Okay. Because all of these things are founded on our rights as individuals. Our right to life, our right to health, our right to education, freedom of expression and all the others. So ask yourself which leader is going to help me actualize all of these rights? And then ask yourself which leader is going to help me or is going to secure all of these rights for me? And then which of these rights do I prioritize? Because if you listen to Mahama, right now you see Mahama's campaign is primarily focused on education, sorry, on infrastructure and then employment. Ekufo mm-hmm. is taking the tangent of having us have a robust economy coupled with a good educational system. So you look at these things, which of them appeal to you and look at the track record of these two persons which of them actually has been able to achieve what he said he would do in the past. And then look at that to choose your leader. That's basically what we have to look at in choosing our, our, our leaders as, as people or as citizens in this country. Okay. okay. So then going forward, if before we move to the... We, are, we, are, we want to zoom into the youth in politics because... So, Noah, now let's just, let's look at the youth in politics. Last week we started, we, we asked ourselves, is it the new wave or just people to come in and re- replace the old structures? And then you, you, you helped us on that. Can you summarize what you gave us last week? We asked that, is the new youth in politics the new wave? Is it a new trend or is this like, yes, new people to re- replace people who are dying? Okay. So, so I, I remember I spoke about the fact that when, when it comes to young guys in politics, it's, it's, it's a new wave, actually. And we must not make the mistake of letting it be a replacement of the old structures. Now, young people are drawn to politics because now, um, or we are seeing a lot of young people drawn to politics because we are seeing a lot of young people get educated. Okay. Now, people are in schools, people are learning, people are exposed now, you and I can just go on the internet and follow the U.S. politics. Now, we can go on the internet and see a 19-year-old person um, appointed a minister, I think, in Kenya okay. or so. We are, we are reading all of these things. So we see this going on other parts of, of the world, and we feel like, come on, then we're the young guys also in Ghana. We can do this. So there is a strong pull on us to take, us, to, to take up leadership roles. And there is also a strong push from the community, because you realize that now the community does not see a mature person as someone who is in his 40s or in his 50s anymore. Uh-huh. Now, 
in the past, you should be 30 before you think about marriage. But now you see a young person, 22 years, tell his parents that he wants to get married. And the parents agree to it. So you can see clearly that the, the yardstick in determining whether a person is mature or not has come down drastically. Sure. Now, in Nigeria, there has been an amendment to allow people as young as in their 20s to even run for office in Nigeria, the presidents. So you can see that all around us, there is a push for young people to be engaged in politics. So it's a new wave, which is, which is because of the society that we are living in now. Okay. The mistake we should not make is to make it one which is going to be based on our mere quest to replace the old structures. And this is what I say. I, and I say this because the old people in politics, I, I'm, I'm really into, into politics, so I say this huh? yeah. as a first-hand witness. Okay. The old guys in politics are now trying to live their lives to the young guys. So okay. if okay. they see a smart guy who they think will do well in the political space, they want to recruit you mentor you and use you to achieve their bidden. Okay. Now, there must be sensitization out there for young people to stand for what they represent when politics appeal to them and not change when they enter into politics. That is when we are to guide or to guard the gates to prevent the old guys from corrupting the ideals that appealed to us to enter into politics. So I'll say in one breath, it is because of a new wave. But in another breath too, the old guys are recruiting us to fill their old structures. So we should actually be what, careful as young people who are entering into what, politics. But we can keep our young guys in politics on their toes if again we ourselves get educated on issues affecting us. Now, if, we, if the young guys see that we are educated and we are interested in things that affect us, when they get into politics, they will listen to our cry than listen to their paymasters or the people who recruited them into their structures. So that's what that's what I think when I when I when I look at the whole whether it is a new wave or less, um, uh, we just filling old structures. That that's what that's what comes to. Me. Oh, okay, okay. I think that's good. now. Let's look at the obstacles of youth participation in partisan politics. I feel, and this, this this has been on my lips since I was in the SHS or something, and I don't understand why there should be an age cap for someone to be a president in, in this country. Because I feel if um, if you are mature enough to be a president, it doesn't matter if you are 32 or you are 75. Listen, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe Biden is 77, yeah. and he's almost the president of the world. So should there, is there necessary for, uh, is there necessary for um, age cap to be there to prevent people from... from from being president. Okay. So I'm a strong neutralist when it comes to this. I don't think you taking away age at all is relevant. Okay. But I don't think also pegging the age at 40 is necessary. Now, whenever I make my arguments on this, because it's a very sensitive issue, I always say that, I always quote from the book of Job. Um, mm -hmm. there is a, there's a part in the book of Job that says that in the past, I said I will keep mute for the old to speak, but now I've realized that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. So in my view, it's not about age. We have thought that old people should rule. And come on, we cannot be proud of the legacy that the old people have left. So that means it's not really about age. Okay. So what should it actually be about? It should be about the person's values, what he represents. Okay. But then we cannot also say that there shouldn't be anything about age at all. What we must then look at is, at which age is a person qualified to vote in Ghana? 
Okay. In Ghana, it's 18. I'm not advocating that a person at the age of 18 should be president of Ghana. No. But I'm advocating that if a person can choose or a person has the capacity to choose who should be president at the age of 18, then it shouldn't take the person 40 years or even 30 or 35 years for that person can qualify to rule Ghana. Okay. So I think that the actual age should be somewhere at most 25 years. Uh-huh. I think uh-huh. in our current dispensation, where the world is at this particular stage, okay. a person at the age of 25, in my view, should be capable of managing a country. Now, we always make the mistake of thinking that a president should be someone who knows everything. Okay. And that's the reason why we think the person should be 40, so that he should have at least experienced life. But a president should be someone who can manage resources. And I'm not using resources here to mean our natural resources. I'm using resources here to mean everything that we need to involve in order to maximize our development. So that person should be someone who can manage people and should be able to also manage our natural resources. So if someone can attend school, in my view, and the person can um, pass through his education, get to have his master's, have his PhD at the age of 27, 28, it is almost unfathomable to think such a person cannot be cannot rule a country. We should look at whether that person has good people uh, people skills. That person has the right credentials to manage people. Now, if you can manage people, you know the right people to choose to manage the various sectors or the various sections of the economy. So you know that you have to choose someone who is qualified to to regulate the banking sector, someone to regulate the, the agricultural sector. All of that. And now you don't need a person to be 70 years for the person to do that. Okay. I don't advocate for a person who has achieved a PhD. In the same way, I don't advocate for someone who is old to be president. I advocate for someone who has shown by his track record that he can actually manage the affairs of, of, of other people. Okay. So that's what we should look at. And therefore, the age should not be the age should not be pegged at somewhere at 40 or at 30 or at 35. It should be somewhere between 20, 25. Um, and at most 28. That's my idea. Okay. So I think we should look at that in our constitution. And Ghana's constitution is old. It needs amendment. Society has developed. Mm-hmm. And in our quest for amendment, one of the things we should look at is reducing the age at which a person can be the president of Ghana. Even if we can't get to 25, 26, at most, we should leave it at 30. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my view. That's, that's pretty solid. So um, in your view, to those listening to us, in your view, what age do you think someone should be given the note to become a president? Or you still think it's 40? Or you or you are uh, Joe Biden who wants to be 77? Let us know the age you think um, someone should, a person should be allowed to become the president. Now, no, let's, quick, let's look at um, two things. Let's look at first the obstacles to participation. The obstacles, um, some of the obstacles we face, because one thing, um, one thing that I hear often about you participating in politics is the fact that I don't know, we live in a country where it's more like religion has taken all over everything that we do. And people feel like religion is some way against politics because religion frowns yeah. on people, um, do a whole lot of things. I thought I don't even know what you, what actually religion has on politics. But then it's because most youth are in church or are in, I mean, religious institutions. Now they are scared of yeah. getting into politics. Where they seen as, look, you can't serve God and be a politician. 
Is that thing true? And how do you think we can change the system? So I, I think it's not it's not true. Like clearly, it's not even something that I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's not true. It's, it's a baseless assumption to think that um, you cannot be a religious man and do yeah. politics. Now, in my in my studies of politics, the greatest politician, in my view, who has ever lived was Jesus Christ. Now, I, it may be because I'm a Christian. That's why I'm choosing Jesus, because I've not read so much about Muhammad. Um, I've not read so much about some other religions. But the religions I have read about, I've read about um, Confucianism, so I know Confucius, I know Gautama Buddha. And all of these guys were serious or high-ranked um, religious leaders, but they were great politicians. Now, I've, I've mentioned or I've intimated earlier that politics is about everything that affects your life. Now, for the 33 years that Jesus Christ was on earth, he dedicated three years to his ministry. In that three years, what Jesus basically did was agitate against the political structure in Israel at the time. That is clearly what every politician does. So politics and religion are actually intertwined in a way. So every religious man must be a politician. Now look at COVID. COVID-19, the president came to address the nation and said that um, churches should close, the mosques should close. Uh-huh. Wasn't it a political decision that affected religion? It was. Yeah, it was. So religion cannot run away from, from politics. Actually, if you read the political history of the world, the great crusades that have been fought over the years have been spearheaded by religion. Religion has been the forerunner of any political revolution that we have seen. So okay. politics and religion are actually brothers and they actually move along in all space. So if you are a religious man, you have empathy for people in society and that is you caring about decisions that affect them. And so you actually have to fall in love with politics also. Now the way we can change this, this, this erroneous uh, notion about politics and religion is okay. education. We must actually educate people to understand how important politics is. Now, I always say, and it's, it's highly debatable, but it's my firm conviction that a country can develop without religion, but no country can develop without politics. Okay. Now, there can be a country that does not know God or that mm-hmm. puts God Second, second place in whatever they do, and that country will develop. But no country can rely on just God and develop. Now, there is no developed country in the world now, no developed country in the world that puts politics aside and focuses purely on religion. Someone may mention the Arab countries, but if you look at the Arab countries, no matter how staunch they are when it comes to Islam, you realize that they don't joke with their political structures. So every developed country must have a strong connection with politics. So we must educate people to know that politics is not actually a bad thing. Politics should be embraced. If we're able to educate people in that particular way, we will see that the church, we will see that the mosque, we will see the importance in politics. And because of how we, we, we hold religion so close to our hearts, people who love their religion will find a way of loving what. Politics also. So that is how we must we, we must treat it. There should be a clear education on the importance of politics from our very young age. It shouldn't be a course to be studied only in the university. We must teach politics in a way in our JHS and in, then in our secondary schools. Okay. When people understand politics, they will clearly love politics and they will see that whatever that they do in life has an effect on politics. 
So that's one, that's the way I think we can actually make politics enticing. And for people to not just say that, well, because I'm, I'm, I'm a religious man, I can't participate in politics. politics. That's, that's my view. Oh, sure. Um, we want to do our, list, our, our lightning round. And our, and our lightning round, we do that we take one person from social media and then we answer on the show in, in tweetable or shareable okay. answers. So today on lightning round, the question we have was that should I still vote if I don't fully understand the issues the candidates are bringing forward? And this is from Jerry. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's a very, very, very interesting question. Mm-hmm. I will say that you should still vote. Even if you don't understand. Now, if you don't understand the issues, mm-hmm. vote on personality. Okay. That is my view. I'm not saying that is that's what he should take. Okay. But that is my view. If you don't understand the issues, vote on personality. Now, Ekufuado is promising us a whole lot of stuff in the second term. Uh-huh. Compare Kufuado's first thing and the promises he's, he's, he made when he was uh, vying for the, the first thing. Okay. And make a projection whether you think he can, can deliver. When he was a president. Yes. So can he deliver when he's given a second mandate? Okay. Then, luckily for us, the person the NDC is bringing is someone who has been in office, office for four years. Uh-huh. So we saw what he did. So look at the promises he's making now. And again, compare. Can he achieve the things he's saying he will do? Okay. So compare personalities. We, I think the greatest campaign against Mahama for last election was because he was tagged with corruption. Okay. Now, Ekufuado's administration, we have seen issues also about corruption. Uh-huh. So compare. Oh, okay. Ekufuado promised um, some infrastructure. Mahama also tells his infrastructure, compare. So even if you don't understand the issues, votes based on personalities. And actually, actually, if I may say, the most important thing you should consider when voting should be personalities. The issue should actually be second. Because a person can only do what his past tells us that he will do. Mm-hmm. So that's what I will say. So personality okay. is the most important. If you, if you don't know the person, that's when I would say that then you should think of not voting. But if you have something to judge the person by, then you can vote just based on that. And I will think you make a very good choice. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. I think yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And um, one thing we didn't, we didn't talk on, on obstacles was people targeting the youth with elections related balances. It's almost as if um, if you hear someone went in for to, to, to vote twice or to vote multiple times, it would, you know it would be a youth. And I think um, mm-hmm. it has become an obstacle to youth. Because especially if, 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 if an old man is in the office and someone is ever targeted with corruption, Nine times out of ten, it would be the youth. Yeah. So how can we get over the mindset and get and just start being active in partisan politics? Okay, so I'll, I'll answer this question in two ways. Uh-huh. First is about the violence and all of those stuff related to politics. Okay. Now, whenever I hear that young people should not engage in violence um, for political parties. Okay. I actually laugh because I ask myself, if not the youth, who will engage in it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the old guys can't engage in that. That's interesting. So the argument or the conversation shouldn't be about the youth shouldn't engage in it. Okay. It should be about we sensitizing people on the fact that politics is, we always that democracy is kebi, mamin kebi. Mm-hmm. So it's about dialogue and it's about we having different opinions. Mm-hmm. It's about we educating the young people on this. Now, you see a lot of advertisements about peace, peace, peace during election time. But rarely do you see any of these advertisements actually talking about the fact that we will have different opinions. 
when I was growing up, there was this very, very important advert we used to see during election time um, about, then they used to say something about, we agree to disagree, something like that. Now, that, that advert spoke to us about the fact that, well, you can agree or you can disagree with someone, but it shouldn't be the reason for us to, what, okay. to engage in violence. So we should understand or we should teach on our, on our TVs and in our radios that we will, be, we will have different opinion, but then that shouldn't be a reason for us to pick stones or pick sticks and then hurt ourselves. But this message should not be that the youth should not engage in violence or why are the youth, why are the young people, those who are, the ones who are engaged in violence? No, no, no. Because it's only the young people who engage in it because we are the vibrant people who have arguments and who have strong connection with these political parties. Okay. 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 Now the second part, the second part, um, I'll, I'll answer that by saying that the obstacle or how we can circumvent this obstacle of young people um, not wanting to get into politics because of this mindset or the fact that uh, people, the young people don't feel like politics is a dirty game, like all of those stuff, all comes down to the fact again that young people have not been enlightened, if I, if I may use that word, enlightened to understand that politics is not about Ikufuado, neither is it about Mahama, but it's about me. Yeah. If I'm going to take a decision, I must think of the repercussion of that decision. We should not think like our, our forefathers or our parents who felt like um, I'm voting and NPP is for Akan, so I'll vote against the NPP. Or I'm an Akan and the NDC is for Votarian, so I'll vote against them. We shouldn't be thinking like our, our, our grandparents and then our parents who thought that way. So we can circumvent that obstacle by actually educating ourselves. Okay, so for example, you have, you have your podcast. Um, today we are talking about politics. Anybody who listens to us may have the benefits of demystifying the whole idea about politics. Now understand that, oh, politics is about me, and I should actually take an interest in what? In politics. So these are the things we should actually be what? To be doing. Okay, and when we do these, People will get educated. Now, I was listening to um, a podcast today. Someone was um, was podcasting about the elections. So there's this political podcast I listened to on, on Google Podcast, and the guy was talking about the elections okay. in the US. And you know, in the in the highly Republican areas that Biden won, okay. it was because young people who felt that Trump was an impediment to their freedoms, people who were pro-abortion, people who were against racism and the rest. They went to these Republican areas, bought door, encouraged people to come out to vote because that's the only reason why they can take away the racist Trump. I'm not saying Trump is racist, but that's the idea. So you see, until we, the young people, understand that we are the own obstacle to our development, these things will not change. Okay, so I think the way we can circumvent this is by we educating ourselves and understanding what we want from the... Ghana that we so love. And then when we understand that, we can actually know that we don't have to fight anymore. Then we don't have to pick stones and throw at each other. And that is when we can actually what? Make informed decisions. And when we make informed decisions, we will now begin to laugh politics because we understand that the decisions we are making are decisions that are what affect us. So that's the way I think we can circumvent these obstacles that derail us from participating actively in, in partisan politics. So that is it for this week's episode. I hope you got much value from it as we did here. If you did, kindly leave us a five-star rating everywhere you get your podcast. It helps the show get to more people as possible. 
and also follow us on any of our social media pages at the two on show thank you so much and i'll see you in the next episode